looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I just sent you guys a message on Twitter because I saw this video, like sponsored by Macy's video of Pia Mia, who I think you have talked about on the show before, um, doing a what's in my bag. And it is just insane. There are a couple things that you would never guess. And I just really want to hear your guys' take on it. Um, anyway... At the 5 minute 51 second mark of this 6 minute and 40 second long video, this happens. The last thing in my bag is my tiny horse. I don't know if you can see him very well, but this reminds me of my little sister Paloma. So it's our thing. Over the holidays, this SNL episode, we were watching it. It has Timothy Chalamet and he's singing about this tiny horse. It's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, you should look it up. But anyway, so the whole tiny horse thing comes from that and that's probably just the most weird, interesting, quirky thing that's in my bag. One of the most interesting things that I've ever seen in a celebrity's bag. Somebody had DM'd it to us too and was like, there's something weird in this video and didn't say what it was. And so I literally went through the video, just scrolled through to see every single item. Like I didn't mm-hmm. even necessarily watch it, but I was like, okay, lipstick, okay, blush, okay, like hand sanitizer, okay, keys. A peanuts calendar from Hallmark. <laughs> like, okay, like, like a planner. I was trying to figure out what they meant by what was the weirdest thing like I Mm -hmm. if I was missing something and then I got to the very end and I saw her pull out a tiny horse horse, 50 cents Amazon so cute I always forget who Pia Mia is I mean I do too she's a singer Mm -hmm. remember she sang that cover of that Drake song to at Drake with the Kardashians or something vaguely but the thing is like that's a moment I don't actually know I know she does pop music but I just don't know I haven't really been exposed mm-hmm. to that of recent. I just mm-hmm. know that moment, you know? I do know the other interesting thing about Pia Mia is, isn't she from Guam? She's from Guam. I did know she's from Guam. Why did I know she's from Guam? She's probably like one of the more f- famous people from Guam. Yeah, there are only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people in entertainment listed in the Wikipedia for list of notable people from Guam. And she's one of the seven. Is there anyone else we would have know? We would know of? Anne Curry. Ann Curry's the other one. Ann Curry's of them, though. Ann Curry's from Guam? Ann Curry's from Guam. Cool. It's interesting because we, as Oregonians, we we claim you. But you were born in Guam. Correct. So military family, grew up career military all over the world. I was a brat, a Navy brat, and we settled in Ashland, Oregon. So what do you call home? Here. I mean, I call Oregon home because it's the place I stayed the longest. It was one of the most formative if not the most formative place in my life. You're listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show, where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. We can just get started. We don't have to banter about the disease that I just diagnosed myself with this morning. Which one? I've got a problem, Lindsay. I've got... I mean, it's sort of like a fungus. It's sort of a... I don't know if you call it a fungus, but I've got something (laughs) in my brain. It's a problem. Wait, in your brain? Yeah. 
What is it? Is this a joke or is this a bit? You know what's in my brain and I can't get it out and I don't know if doctors have figured out a way to get it out. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. No, get this out of here. I can't get Katy this. Perry is feeding Bobby crumbs and he's just lapping them up like a diseased raccoon. I fully woke up and as my eyes opened this morning, it's this is what joke. I heard. No, I heard this as I woke up. My eyes open before my alarm and they just go boop. <laughs> so for those not in the know, that's the Katy Perry X Pokemon release. <laughs> it's electric. <laughs> She released a song with Pokemon. Like, I don't know how to tell you that. And it's iconic. No, it's interesting. No, it sounds like actually, <laughs> it sounds like very much in the genre of Rise, her failed Olympic song that she also gave to the Democratic National Convention and then she got in trouble for it. Like, and then the Olympics got canceled. <laughs> it was an Olympic song and then it was a Democratic National Convention song and then it just like fully became a cast off in the Island of Lost Singles. Like, it's not on any album. Like, no one knows no. it exists. It's on my no. iPad. And wait, it's on my iPod. Was it the Olympics that were last year that were canceled or the Olympics before? No, it was, it was, it was, it was before. before. It wasn't the ones okay. that were canceled. It was a while ago. No, no. Right. And so she, they, the Olympics said, you can't just like give us a song and then give it to the Democrats. And she was like, oops. And so like Rise, which I did purchase on iTunes for nine exactly. cents, it's in my iTunes. also lived on my phone and would come on every time I turned on my car for, for years. Don't be surprised, I will still rise. So this is now the new inspirational themed That's Katy great. Perry semi-single, semi-spawn, you know, mm-hmm. to go along with her announcing her Vegas thing as well. I mean, it's kind of side-by-side side with that. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Dark Ariel's name was Vanessa. Crunch, crunch. I just I just thought we should know that. Her name was Vanessa. <laughs> Great. Her name is Vanessa. Great. We've all met some Vanessas in our lives that are dark Ariel vibes. I was looking at the Little Mermaid fandom wiki for Vanessa and has her information, which it always makes me laugh. Cartoon character information. Character, Vanessa. Gender, female. Race, human. Occupation, saboteur. Status, uh, deceased. Does she have a 401k with that no, one? It says, it says family. Prince Eric, brief fiance, uh, under hypnosis. Oh, uh-huh. I'm sure when Christine Quinn puts on a dark wig, she also calls herself she Vanessa. She calls herself Vanessa. I'm sure she also does that. So I would just watch out for Vanessa, you know? When that baby gives birth, like all of us, we're going to feel something. She gave birth. When? Yeah. She did. She posted it. When? We don't know, but she gave birth. Oh, I had no idea. I had no idea she gave birth. I'm trying to look back on like if there was a period in the past few days that I felt particularly uneasy. And that must have been when the baby was born. Because it definitely sent out a vibration into the universe. Well, you know, they reported that the seas rose another, like, inch or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. You know. An iceberg popped off a glacier up in the Arctic, for sure, right. when this baby was yeah. born. And the seas rose a little with the, with the birth of this baby. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. I had to pause the show while I was listening this week because while you guys were talking about Rita Ora... <laughs> And BB Rexa, Bobby said, uh, just kind of slipped into the conversation that BB did not dodge the question as artfully as she thought she had while talking about the artful dodger herself, Rita Ora, aka Twist. Yeah, I just thought that was a moment of pure poetry in the words of BB Rexa, crunch, crunch. We got so many calls that were mad at you, Lindsay, that were like, Lindsay, you didn't notice Bobby's great joke about Artful Dodger and the thing. I don't think Bobby realized Bobby's joke about Artful Dodger. I have no memory of saying that. I didn't know I was saying that. That was not intentional. But it makes me think that Rita has fully like, like these are subconscious at this point. They're subconscious. Trust me, listeners, if Bobby made a joke he wanted me to react to, he would tell me to react to it. (laughs) So I wouldn't worry about me missing a joke, a fantastic joke by Bobby. He would say, oh, did you? Did you catch that? Did Did you catch catch my joke? (laughs) All right, do it over again. No, I want you to no. pay attention to what I said. Lindsay, could you pay attention to what I said really quickly? So don't worry about my (laughs) missing of these precious (laughs) gems. If you miss them, maybe they're just Easter eggs for you. For you. But that was funny. Had no memory of that. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I also watched the MTV Movie Awards, so I just wanted to call to let you know that 
Billy Porter and Charles Hansen have literally never worked together, and no one knows why he presented her that award. Um, Godspeed, Bella Hadid. Crunch, crunch. That's so funny. Really? But you said they were going to work well, together. Well, they might. They might. There, It's not confirmed. They might work together in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, so literally that it's like that was announced but hadn't been but has not been filmed, so there's mm-hmm. no precedent for them for this. They I mean, not that like you have to be old friends with somebody to give them a fucking award at this but point. Come but on. they But they did make it seem like I mean, he was saying some things that were just like very nice that it's like why would Billy Porter be out here like praising Scarlett Johansson? I mean, they were scripted too, but it was very strange. And it was also very strange that they were both virtual. I mean, I know that we still live in unprecedented times, but I was like of all the awards to not show up for or figure out a way to be in person for, it seems like this is like a big linchpin of this like award show, you know, is this generational award. Exactly. And wouldn't you specifically want to award to someone who is willing and or able to show up? This award is fake. You made it up. It's not even voted on. So like you can just pick someone who'll show up. You can pick someone who'll lift right. over to the to the venue. It totally would have been even more awkward, too, if he was in person and she wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, or if she was in person and he wasn't. You kind of got to get two people who are in person. Mm-hmm. Why not get like her Scarlet Witch co-star or whatever, uh, Florence Pugh to Florence do it or Pugh, something like Florence that, Pugh, like to yeah. promo or something. I mean, I don't know. It was just very, it was just a very strange moment in a very strange award show. So I'm not sure why I was so shocked. But also, if there is, in fact, a connection, if this Little Shop of Horrors news is true, because he has been cast as Audrey too, but the rumor is that Scarlet is Audrey, but Mm. that isn't confirmed. And you would think that if that were the case, they would use this opportunity as the way to announce it, you know, but that didn't happen either. Right. Uh, that feels like that could disintegrate. Like mm-hmm. that type of announcement is always very much like people get replaced often. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, never forget Scarlett Johansson can sing. She her Tom Waits cover album. Don't remind me of that album. I love that album so much. Do you? <laughs> I love that album. Oh, oh my god, oh, that's oh, embarrassing. Oh, oh, oh. she also that's has a really good album with Pete Yorn. Oh, it's good. That's more embarrassing than it's electric. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's really good. If you haven't heard Scarlett Johansson's Tom Waits cover album, I mean, I recommend it. <laughs> you're saying that like it's not your favorite album, and it is. I don't even like Tom Waits, but I like Scarlett Johansson's Tom Waits cover oh, album. God, insane. That's I know. Insane. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That I'm defines sorry. you. Yeah. I don't need to hear that Tom Waits voice. No. (laughs) Ew, no. It's okay. I used to like she and him, so we're on the same (laughs) terrible page. Hey, Lindy Bobby. Um, I might be able to corroborate the Reuben Stuttered ordering Reuben um, sandwich. Uh, I I like was really into YouTube when I was a kid. Stay with me. Um, and Mamrie Hart loved her, read her books, and then I think it was her first book. Um, she tells a story about working in a music recording studio situation in New York City and was like an assistant and had to uh, go pick up a Reuben sandwich for Reuben Stuttered when he came by to record some music. Uh, So I guess it's not my story to corroborate, but I do do remember that chapter, uh, especially any time Reuben Stuttered's name is, is, is said. Uh, so I just thought I would share um, to maybe add to this, uh, just to add to this lore, this legacy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was like, crunch, crunch. Not that we needed corroboration here, but we certainly got it. I think this is un- incredible that there's even more evidence of this Reuben Reuben connection. So I found it. Thank you, Google Books, allowing me to search inside Mamie Hart's book, You Deserve a Drink, Boozy Misadventures, and Tales of Debauchery. It's an aside. And she says, luckily for me, my responsibility, she's talking about her time as an assistant. Luckily for me, my responsibilities weren't exclusive to answering the phone and ordering celebs lunches. Parentheses. Hello, have you ever ordered American Idol season two winner Ruben Studdard a Ruben sandwich? The man stays on brand. <gasps> 
It happened. Wait, and that's like such a crazy. That's a weird aside. Like she didn't even do that as a joke. She meant like that's a real story. That she actually. I at did first it. thought she was about to tell a joke about ordering Reuben Sutter to Reuben Sandwich, but she is implying that, that she that's did a, it. That that's real. And it sort of seems like the kind of anecdote that like she really wanted to shoehorn in, so she did it in this parenthesis. You know, she's it's like, this is too aside. funny to not put in. Yeah, she it's had to put it in. It's a perfect aside. So now we have the second occurrence of Reuben <laughs> Sutter ordering a Reuben sandwich. And you know what? Two's enough for me. Two's enough this for me. This will hold up in a court of law. I, this was published. I would take this to, yeah, I would take I know this books aren't fact-checked, but this was published. And it has a quote <laughs> from Melissa Rivers on the front, so I believe it. But we also we also have a call from our dear listener who we trust, you know, immensely. I trusted so the dear have, listener. I trust We have the dear listener call. We have cited in a book. I guess that's just canon. It's truth. It's true. Ruben ordering a Ruben. <laughs> Ruben likes Rubens. Lindsay Bobby, I'm catching up listening to last week's caller episode and you're talking about Wawa. And this is the most Western Pennsylvania eraser I've ever heard in my life. Um, yes, Wawa is big in Pennsylvania, but only on the eastern side of the state where Philadelphia is. It does not exist in western Pennsylvania where Pittsburgh is. To say it represents Pennsylvania, an absolute slap in the face. And I say this to someone from Pittsburgh who now lives in Philly. I, I'm so disappointed in you. Uh, crunch, crunch. I'm sorry. I'm not. Sorry. But it's in East Town then. That's all that matters. Mary's East Town, in East Town. She's not in West Town. <laughs> And also, Last I checked. like, we meant culturally representative, not physically representative. I know you guys have, like, sheets out there and stuff like that. Sheets, S-A-G-E-T-Z. And also, Western Philly is practically in Ohio. Don't don't piss on my face and tell me it's they're all the same state, you know? <laughs> piss on my face and tell me it's raining. That's what I was trying to go for there. Isn't it usually a leg? Don't you piss on a leg and tell <laughs> you it's raining? <laughs> Just wondering. Wait, it's leg? It's I'm, not face? I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah, I guess Piss on so. my leg raining i don't think anyone says piss on my face and tell me it's, it's raining wow i just like kinked it up did i didn't die it's either foot leg boots although i am seeing someone say face there's a book on amazon <laughs> written by someone named tina perry salt called piss in my face and tell me it's raining is that a sexy book i think it's maybe a sexy book oh or a sad book it might be a sad book i guess you wouldn't piss on somebody's face and tell them it's raining <laughs> i guess that's like a little bit too intimate <laughs> Okay. okay. Okay, so now it's and now I've learned it's piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Next call. Let's move on to questions. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> when I sleep on other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my made bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm-hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm-hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm-hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix rude. so much. It's so rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different. And that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Chris Angel is opening a fast casual restaurant called Cabulp. C-A-B-L-P. It's short for Chris Angel's breakfast, lunch, and pizza. Please discuss. Crunch, crunch. 
Quincy Polly, why is Carson Angel opening a restaurant with such an unoriginal name and assortment of things? Hi, Who Weekly, Chris Angel's Breakfast, Lunch, and Pizza. Hi, um, can you tell me what the name of Chris Angel's new restaurant concept is? Godspeed, Bella Hadid. Who is Chris Angel, and why is he opening a fast, casual restaurant called Kablip? Okay, but how do you pronounce Chris Angel's new restaurant? Kablip? Kablip? Crabapple, which is the only word that comes up in my head when I see the name written down. I don't know. Thank you. Crunch, crunch. As you can tell, we had one. This was the this was the big topic of the week. Many, 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 many calls about Chris Angel's breakfast, lunch, and pizza. His new his new restaurant experiment. It's pronounced Kablip. Per eater, per the story, beyond just if you click Kablip. the headline that went viral, you will see the pronunciation in the lead paragraph. It's pronounced kablip. It kind of tracks because it's like kablam, kablap, kabloom, which is what kind of, which is, kind what, of is doing um, a lot of work there. <laughs> it's what magicians say. You know, they say like ta-da or kablip. Uh, I saw heard, Chris Angel live. Of, uh, did he say he kablip, never said kablip. <laughs> Did he, he say kablip? kablip? He didn't even really say like ta-da or anything. It's like abracadabra, you know? Kadabra. Abracablip. No, it's kablip because it's Chris Angel's breakfast, lunch, and pizza. What What is blowing my mind is that he has another vowel right there. And breakfast, lunch, and pizza. It could be kablap. Be cablap. Cablap. Oh, well, that sounds so much worse than kablip. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I'm thinking about it, speaking of the last call, I'm out here making fun of kablip. And there is a incredibly successful business called Wawa like one state away. <laughs> Don't bring up Wawa. Please. It's dramatic. I'm like, <laughs> Let's not. I'm like, what a bad idea to call your restaurant Kablip. And meanwhile, Pennsylvanians are out here like going to Wawa eight times a day. Excuse Only me, Eastern East Pennsylvanians. East Pennsylvanians Only are going East to Wawa eight times a day. Only the mayors of East Towns are going to Wawa's. But at least there are yeah, some vowels. I, mean, I also am like, you know, it draws attention to the name i guess i mean if he put a dash in between ka and bloop people would know to say kablip you know mm -hmm. but he refused to do that also my question is breakfast lunch and pizza you could eat pizza for breakfast or lunch so it almost feels a little bit redundant to say breakfast lunch and pizza is pizza the dinner no dinner just pizza I, well, I think there's a way of interpreting it that way, but there's also a way of interpreting it like he understands that pizza is a universal food, that it's a it's a time agnostic food. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. Sure, sure, Breakfast, sure, lunch, sure. and pizza because he knows that you can get pizza whenever you want it. Let's just read the origin of this uh, briefly just because it is kind of funny. Angel discovered the restaurant while dirt biking with his family in the Moapa Valley near Valley of Fire State Park. So wait, he like a dirt biked past this restaurant and was like, I must have that. But he didn't dirt bike past Chris Angel's breakfast, lunch, and pizza. He dirt because that would be he doesn't own it yet, so we didn't call it that. He he dirt biked past like a different restaurant or like a building that used to house a restaurant. Eaters pulling the story from the Las Vegas Review Journal again. Support your local newspaper. They they went to this place to dirt bike, and he fell in love with the area. And at in the Got area, it. he okay. just loved the area. In the okay, area, no offense, there's a restaurant. Eater, but you really turned that into a confusing. <laughs> you really mm -hmm. made that confusing. <laughs> And so then he started going to this place called Sugar's Home Plate in Overton. And he was like, I love this place. This is like this homey, lovely place. And when they were like, well, we're selling it. We're done here. He was like, well, I want to buy this because he had such a good time at this place. So he's reopening this restaurant that he loved as Kablip. Kablip. <laughs> and he said... Breakfast will include Srito Yanni's French toast, named for his two-year-old and made with cinnamon bread, as well as well, pancakes, he's Greek. Belgian waffles. Yes, he's Greek. A Western omelet and breakfast sandwiches. He's Greek, and he's running it with his brother, Costa, who mm -hmm. did run their father's restaurant in New York for years, and a pizza guy, a special pizza guy named Mike Baram, who owns a pizza shop in New Jersey. So maybe mm -hmm. they're like, let's bring like New Jersey pizza to Vegas, 
and okay. create like a mix of like what was here before with a little bit of some fast casual pizza. With the burger called the Mind Freak, you know? <laughs> More <laughs> Do you know like what's the on the Mind Freak? Gut Freak, what? Cheddar, barbecue sauce, and beer battered onion rings. I'm in. Exactly. I'm in. More like my dietary tract freak. <laughs> More like hand me the Tom's, you freak. Guess what he calls his Italian ice? What? Guess. Just you, you can put the pieces together. Chris ice, angel ice, magic ice, ice, ice couplet. Think about mind, mind freak, but in terms of a cold beverage. Mind freeze. There you go. It's called a mind freeze. <laughs> wow. That's cool. I want to go. You know what he said about the mind freeze? Uh-huh. Quote. What he say? It'll be served magically smoking. So that's probably oh, going to have like dry cool. ice on it. That's cool. Okay, don't eat the dry ice. The more I read about this place, the more I have to go to Overton, Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say I also thought I had to see Chris Angel on Broadway. And let me tell you something. I did not have to see Chris Angel on Broadway. So maybe um, we can apply those rules to this fast casual restaurant in the middle of nowhere, Vegas. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. But I love giving back to the place that you live. That's pretty cool that he's thinking outside the box. The box being the strip. He's out here creating jobs, please. Chris Angel, job great creator. guy. <laughs> Chris Angel, job creator. Exactly. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. I'm calling because um, my Twitter timeline is going nuts over a photo of someone named Lee Pace, who I guess just got vaccinated, which is great. Um, but who who is this man? Uh, thank you so much. Crunch, crunch. Bye. I also got a who is Lee Pace in a group chat. And I was like, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, really? Mm -hmm. But it, it's not it, surprising. Really? You're not surprised that somebody no. was like, who is Lee Pace? Or these, a lot of people are like, who is Lee Pace? I'm not surprised at all. Uh huh. He's in so many low key things. He's low key. I mean, obviously, he's like extremely hot, but it's also like, he's hot. He looks almost fake. You know, like he looks like a like he was molded to be a Hollywood star, but it never really happened. Do you think it's like gay guys know who he is? Yeah. And also like theater people know who yes. he is because that's, he's like a very exactly theatery actor. So it's like exactly it really is a niche. He's a niche guy. But I do also do think that Halt and Catch Fire, which I would say is maybe the thing he's been on for the longest and most kind of has the biggest role in, right? I mean, it lasted longer than Pushing Daisies, you know? So, yeah. Right. I mean, it only lasted like three seasons, Halt and mm -hmm. Catch Fire, three or four seasons or something. I mm -hmm. loved it. So, so you would know him from that, but it's like, yeah, but even it's funny because his counterpart in that, the what's-her-face, the redhead who was also in Black Mirror and has and Terminator, what's her name? Oh, uh, Mackenzie uh, Davis. Yeah. Yeah, she also kind of is still on the line mm -hmm. of exactly uh, in the way that he is as well i think she's maybe a little bit more mainstream because of terminator but he was in the hobbit he was in lee pace like has had moments where he dips into mainstream but he's not like the hobbit in the hobbit right, right. the hobbit's about the hobbits the hobbit was the sort of low rent cousin of lord of the rings even though it made like right. a billion dollars no one was there to see right. Lee pace and also when you're in the hobbit you're in insane makeup and costuming you don't look like yourself and also like I couldn't tell you who Lee Pace played in The Hobbit. It's not like he played anyone I could name. Which I think he was an elf. I mean, look at him. He was an elf. Right. Interesting. But he does. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, he's so, he's always good. I mean, I think he's like. He's good. He's an actor's actor in that way where he's like. Boy, always, is he good. Like, yeah, right. no, he's good. <laughs> Aside from being just like hot, like he's not like, I'm not lusting over him like I am Henry Cavill in a mustache, but I'm, mm -hmm. I, we he's just he's very attractive but it's just Ooh, very funny the last the last time he Here comes the police to take me away <laughs> God. for saying henry cavill in a mustache okay um Sorry. okay <laughs> okay um so the last if you'll remember the last time that he kind of went viral, viral just for a photo is because of that boat photo which i think we've talked oh. about on this podcast hubba, hubba. whenever yeah. he reminds people that like oops i'm hot and, and there's a picture of him like sitting on a boat but in the most provocative way imaginable and everyone and that went viral and people were like who is this guy it is kind of crazy that he's not more famous just for being hot like mm -hmm. i'm sure he turns down stuff all the time i have a feeling he does because i do think he gets like a lot of offers for stupid shit that he could do and be more famous but he doesn't do it he seems like one of those guys and to me and also, he was in three Hobbit movies. He was in 
he was in a Marvel movie. He was in one of those Guardians of the Galaxy movies. He's making good money. You know, he he can pick and choose yeah. what he wants to do. And he's theatery, so he'll do like, you know, he wasn't he wasn't the normal heart and he was in Angels in America. Angels in America. And I do think that he kind of maybe steers away from big Hollywood stuff when he can, right? I mm-hmm. mean, again, Halt and Catch Fire, which was not a huge show, was kind of his main, the one of the bigger roles that he's played in terms of like longevity and kind of like attention on him. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting and people will say, oh, he's so good at Pushing Daisies. Pushing Daisies is one of those shows that no one cared about at the time, but now in retrospect, people love and, they and kind it. of- uh, bring up because it's really interesting and good but at the time and no one it wasn't no one watched it yeah i never watched it i still haven't watched it it's so cute people it's love so it. cute it's so freaking cute so the the other thing about lee pace is that he's gay but it's not something that he really talks about much because he's extremely he's extremely private you know mm, yeah and he's also like kind of been outed many times the first time that it happened, he kind of didn't respond to it. And it wasn't until he was interviewed by W Magazine and they sort of matter-of-factly referred to him as gay. And he was like, well, I don't really talk about this. Then he sort of came out more openly. Right. And he's like, I'm literally in the normal heart and Angels, Angels in, America. in America, too. Like, you know, clearly he's not hiding the fact that he cares about mm-hmm. representation yeah. and all that. Yeah, and representation and all that. Yeah. Do you know who, I mean, quote unquote, outed him the first time? Who? Can you guess? No. Okay. So this is an actor who's in the Hobbit films very famously and the Lord of the Rings film. Also gay, Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen. This is from this is from an interview. This is from an interview for the Hobbit movies. And the interviewer says, Still, there are hardly any colleagues who follow your example, right? As in like being openly gay and in the movies. And Ian McKellen says, I would say that a lot has been done in this regard in the last ten years in this industry. Just look at how many openly gay actors in the Hobbit there were. Two of the dwarves, then Luke Evans and Stephen Fry, Lee Pace, and the Lord of the Rings, I was the only one. And there was my makeup artist and someone on the wardrobe team. That's progress, oh right? God. So he didn't even know that Lee Pace wasn't really out, yeah. he didn't out know. in the Hollywood sense. You can't be mad at Lee and McKellen for that, though, to be honest. It's like, I know. If anyone's going to drag you out of the closet, it may as well be Lee and McKellen. Right. And it's not even like the quote he gave was this like malicious thing. Like He was literally being like no there's so much representation in these films like it's really cool i love it it's like two door you know it's like he's name you know mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. yeah apparently he's in an apple plus series called foundation that's coming out this fall so i'm interested to see that otherwise okay. it is interesting his imdb known for is like nothing that people actually know him for no, aside the from fall, I guess, the hobbit but it's like the good shepherd guardians <laughs> no. of the galaxy like he was not really in that you're barely. not even on the poster man yeah, so it's it is it is like what he is quote unquote known for is more obscure, mm-hmm. more obscure, known for being a hunk. But in case you were wondering, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering. His IMDb biography does call him one of the most versatile actors working in Hollywood today. So I just thought that that'd be important to know. <laughs> they called him verse. Cool. <laughs> Great. In case, in case you were wondering, I don't know. It's it's right there in black and white. I okay. wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Next call. So. Christine Quinn and Christian named their baby Christian. Jason Derulo named his baby Jason Derulo. Celebs are really slacking in the baby name department lately, and I would just like to know what's going on. Benifer is back. Crunch, crunch. Love you guys. The reveal. The reveal, Christian. Christian, that's her husband's name. And then Jason Derulo, of course, now famously named his baby <laughs> that Jason he had with his TikTok dancer girlfriend, Jason Derulo. I would argue that actually Jason Derulo naming his baby Jason Derulo is one of the most immensely creative and important baby namings of the 21st century. Are we in the 21st century still? Yeah, we are in the century? 21st century. We're in the 21st century. Yeah, there are 100 years, the centuries. Yeah. When are we out of it? <laughs> You need to let me know so I stop 20, saying 21st century. We won't be alive. We won't be alive. Thankfully, okay. we won't be alive. Oh, so, wait, so for the rest of my life, it's 21st century. Oh, yeah, I don't easy. need to think about this at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. You're a 21st okay. century woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Incredible. Okay. Great. So, okay. Great. So, can you name, before we move on, I just pop quiz. Pop quiz. Didn't tell you about this quiz. What's his girlfriend's name? Jenna Frooms. God damn it. <laughs> it's literally in the. It's like, it's like I, I've looked at this for hours. Okay, good. Yes, Jenna Frooms. She's a fitness influencer. Jason Derulo is Jason Derulo named their kid Jason. Actually, his middle name is King. King. It's Jason King Derulo. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's what they can call him, King. 
because like they they can't like if J two Jasons is confusing, two Jason Derulos is even more confusing. If you think Jason Derulo is not going to call his kid Jason Derulo, you are out of your mind. <laughs> Jason Derulo, like all the time, just like this little baby. <laughs> he gave his son. The most important name to him, Jason Derulo. He gave him the many, many singings of his own name, Jason Derulo. He passed that down to his son. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. of inspiring kind of heartwarming not inspiring kind of heartwarming i was sort of like why does he always say jason derulo like is there a reason behind it and he talked about it in a cursed place on ellen mm. last year we talked uh, about it in a cursed place <laughs> sorry it's like <laughs> that's like what i thought about yeah you could say cursed place. Some people say cursed. You cursed. Know? Yeah, you got to be yeah. uh, two syllable cursed is he a more powerful about it cursed. In a cursed place. Yeah, okay, that works. And he said, You're known for singing your name at the beginning of songs. You stopped doing that for a little while, and now you're doing it again. Why did you stop, and why are you doing it again? Well, it's a bigger hit if I sing my name at the front, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had to, you know, bring that back. And I, I was actually wondering why other people didn't sing my name at the front of their songs as well, because it works so well for me. They should sing Jason Duell at the front of their songs. That's a pretty good bit. That sounds That's written, pretty but funny. whatever. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. My argument is like he's singing it because all his songs like sound the same or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like people don't know it's him. So it's like they're all just like CVS songs and he has to you know remind everyone it's him. Yeah. I read another interview with him that he said he kind of did it as a joke and then the joke just became something he couldn't stop. It is funny. It is funny. And if anyone's like good at leaning into jokes about them, it's, it's this guy because he loves to he loves to take a meme about himself and like r- drive it into the ground. Mm-hmm. He named his baby him his own name. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of, you know, perfect in a way. Although it's slightly different because Jason Derulo's legal name is that is French Derulo. De but the yeah. kid's name, I think, now just has the last name Derulo. I think basically Jason has changed his name to Derulo. Derulo versus oh, Derulo. Like probably got legally, yeah. Right. I don't know. Derulo. Derulo. Okay. Yeah. Next call. Love it. Congrats, Jason and Jenna. Jenna Frooms. Hi, long time, too much. Um, just calling with a lifetime holiday movie update. Monique Coleman and Corbin Blue are starring in a lifetime holiday movie called The Christmas Dance Reunion. Um, they are famously one of the couples from high school musicals. So it's very exciting news. Um, just thought, are they who's thems? I feel like they're definitely who's. Mm, maybe Disney thems? All right. Crunch, crunch. Me and Grace. Tim Tebow loves them. Bye. It's late May. So you know what that means. Lifetime is announcing their Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. It was on my calendar. And I said, oh, the, the Christmas movies are probably rolling out soon. They're the second tier couple because you've got Zach and Vanessa, right? We're running out of like possible couples from old movies to reunite. I Mm -hmm. swear to God. I mean, it is the it is still the season of the reunion. If you're going to reunite these two from high school musical movies and they're not even like romantically involved in those movies, right? They're just both in the movies. Or am I wrong? They are romantically involved. Yeah, they are in the movie. There were two, three High School Musicals. There two were three. There were three. two that were on Disney, and then there was one that was in theaters. And now there's High School Musical, the musical, the series. But we don't. Yes. That's not canon, really. I mean, it is yes. canon, but it's not really canon to me in terms of my enjoyment of the of the movies. They wrote them a new movie. They're going to be in it together, romantically involved. It's on Lifetime. And then they're like, what do we call it to tell people that this is a reunion? Oh, let's call it a Christmas dance reunion. It's like, we get it. We freaking get it. These two are reuniting. And if you don't know what from, you'll have to just look it up, you know? (laughs) Meanwhile, I did not know Monique Coleman was 40 years old. She's 40 Years. How old was she in High School Musical? Oh. 25? 30? Like, she was 25 in High School Musical. Playing a 16-year-old. And everyone else was like 18, 20-ish. Right. So she was a little older, yeah. Her story, the description of the movie, A Christmas Dance Reunion, is 
In A Christmas Dance Reunion, successful attorney Lucy Mortimer Coleman, mm. along with her mother Virginia, Kim Roberts, Kim Roberts plays her mom, returned to the Winterly Resort to help celebrate the hotel's final Christmas season before the resort closes its doors permanently. Oh my god, haven't we seen this already? Once there, oh Lucy god. is reunited with the owner's nephew and her childhood Christmas dance partner, Barrett Brewster. Corbin Blue. Come on. Though the resort has fallen on hard times and has stopped most holiday events, Lucy leads the charge in recreating her beloved Christmas traditions, including the popular Christmas dance, to bring together new families and new hope to the resort. And now, here's the conflict. She Wait. must decide if she's willing to take a risk on love and partner up once more with <sighs> Barrett for what yeah. could be the last Christmas dance. How is that a conflict? It's an internal conflict, Lindsay. It's an internal conflict. Also, why do like real names sound real and fake names sound fake? That's a real question <laughs> we need to think about. Barrett Brewster. Well, why do you think that fake names sound fake and real names sound real? I'm just saying. Why? That's a good question. I don't know. Why does Bobby Finger sound real and Barrett Brewski Does is fake? it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Does it? Yeah, it's true. Okay, I guess. What's her name again? Like Lucy Window? Like it's Lucy crazy. Mortimer. Lucy okay, Mortimer. fine. That's a fake name, right? Yeah. Well, this unfortunately, this news is overshadowing the other Lifetime holiday movie announcement, Blending Christmas, which is a Haley Duff joint. Blending what? She's blending Christmas. They have to blend families. Oh, bl- like a blended Christmas. He's Got dating it. someone. She has kids, and she's dating someone who who has kids, and wow, they go to a resort. Tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Tale as old as time. I was scroll. What I thought was interesting, I was scrolling through all of her Instagrams. And she has a very specific subset of celebrities who are commenting on all of her Instagrams. Right, and would you like to know who those people are? Here's yeah. here's a selection of the people who are commenting on Monique Coleman's Instagrams. Francia Raisa. Okay. Think about the level of celebrity. And all these people are just about at the exact same level. Allison yeah. Stoner, the dancer. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Christy Carlson Romano. Got uh-huh. some Disney action. Kim Possible. Exactly. Dr. Holly Hatcher Frazier, who was one of the dance mom's moms. Okay. The what? less problematic okay. dance mom's moms. You know, Abby Lee Miller's okay. like a nightmare dance mom's mom. Sure, but she was the mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keisha Knight Pulliam. Of course. Rudy from Cosby's. Yes. Alexis Wren. Oh, my God. The, like, sexy model who mm, dated... The sexy model, uh, yeah. Who dated... Uh, what's his face? The Hulk, the not Hulk. Noah Centineo, yes. Noah yeah. Centineo. And then uh, Kenny Ortega. Of course. High School Musical choreographer. And then the last one I thought was really interesting. Lindsay, do you know who was the top comment on her spawn for FabFitFun? No. How would I know that? Just guess. Corbin Blue? No, I'm sorry. It was Corksicle, the brand Corksicle. Because (laughs) (laughs) Corksicle was one of the featured products in the FabFitFun box that she was doing promo. Yeah. Incredible. Just incredible reveal. I guess we'll be watching it over the holidays next year. So when do those when do these movies air? September? (laughs) Wake me up. Wake me up when this movie premieres. From people.com, this is us, Justin Hartley and Sophia Pernas are married. One, who is Sophia Pernas? Two, what does Chriselle feel about this? I'm obsessed. I need to know a timeline. I need to know if this was pre the person that he left Chriselle for. Please tell me everything about this. Also, Wawa is a them and Bucky's wishes it was Wawa. All right, Okay, we're disregarding the tail end of that. <laughs> if the Wawa discourse doesn't leave the podcast, I'm going to forcibly remove it. <laughs> like, I, it's time to go, okay? Um, Justin and Sophia Pernas, I guess, they, like, the reveal that they're married is hilarious because they were is at the, the MTV Movie <gasps> and Music Movie TV Awards, and we mm-hmm. were like... Day one. Sorry, they were at they were at the scripted one. Sorry, they were at day one of the MTV TV and Movie Awards, and it was like their red carpet debut or something. I don't know. We were we were like making fun of that, and then it turns out that they're secretly married, which came out later after, of course, we taped the podcast, and so mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, we have to reckon with the fact that they're secretly married. And he's like public enemy number one at this point. Well, I mean, I think it's funny because Chriselle became this like this darling of like this celebrity darling in a way where I don't think that was expected by anyone. And he's just like on this is us. I think people really like him too, but her response to their breakup was so honest and kind of really sad, heartfelt and sad. And, and again, vulnerable and all of that, that I, you could not help but be on her side about it all. Mm -hmm. 
And he gets back with this woman that he starred with on Young and the Restless, like an old friend, which is kind of a little shady considering the situation of their breakup. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, my old friend, Sophia Pernas, who I've always been flirty with. We had chemistry. Let me go back and date her. This is not the sort of thing we can answer definitively whether or not she is the reason that they broke up. But that's like the obvious assumption, yeah. right? Like. Well, according to The Insider, the Illinois native reconnected with Pernas after his marriage to Chriselle imploded. She has not addressed him being married again, to be fair to her. Referring to Justin Hartley as the Illinois native seems kind of perfect. That's like all I need to know about Justin Hartley. It's what he deserves. The Illinois native. (laughs) We don't need anything about his actual skills or his like resume. Chriselle is, you know, she's just doing what she's just doing everything right now. She's living it, living it up. Mm-hmm. And Selling her new sunsets. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of dark Vanessa and Chriselle, that show is filming again. Davina still has not sold that house, and I don't think she ever will because she's not on the show anymore. <laughs> so that house is never getting sold. If Davina can't sell it, no one's selling it. Exactly. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing. Oh, I want to learn Francais, so when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also, practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm going to learn Spanish, I'm going to do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone. And it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like (laughs) having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic Mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Who the fuck is Ariana Grande's husband, whatever, Gomez? I have never heard of that man. How is she married? Anyways, me and Greece. Bye, my gay boys. (laughs) How is she married? <laughs> that's like a perfect. Re- that's like, that's who the perfect... fuck is whatever his name is Gomez? How is she married? <laughs> well, it's actually quite easy for people to get married. Yeah, we've talked about him before, and he's so boring. He's a real estate agent, y'all. Also, for our purposes, this is for our purposes only. It sucks that she got secretly married in a small wedding to the boring boyfriend. You know, like mm-hmm. after kind of a slew of famous exes, Big Sean, Mac Miller, Pete Davidson, all of this. She dates this like normie who like, right, I'm sure this was the right answer because of the fact that he's such a normie and then marries him in like a wedding of 20 people. How is that fun for me? Yeah. Not fun for me. I saw a tweet that said he looked like Pete Davidson, but started but in a different font. <laughs> he doesn't really look like Pete Davidson. No. That was just a picture where they both were making the same the face. The same smile. They have the same mouth. Pete David looks like, like Steve Buscemi more than he looks like Dalton Gomez. But Dalton Gomez, who is he? Real estate agent. She met him like through her manager. Sold He sold her manager's house or something. Well, his boss sold Ariana her house. So it was the same real estate company. But apparently that's how sure. they met. But also he's like young and cool and friends with people like Miley Cyrus. They have a lot of mutual friends who are famous. So he's in her circle. That's like what the right. sources always say. They're in the same social circle. But right. what I find 
endlessly weird and truly weird not just like oh some like private people not everyone has a internet presence like i get that like i understand that but it is absolutely maddening to try to find out about this guy because it's there's nothing there's nothing about this young cute real estate agent who has been called a dancer in the past too so apparently he tried his hand at dancing in the past but it's like there all the information is gone right how is it possible that this person is so quote unquote, off the internet when he was in the entertainment industry and trying to make that work for at least a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. So what happened there? How was that scrubbed? Or like, how did he stay so under the radar? Maybe all these like he was a dancer or whatever is not as true or not. He didn't get very far or I don't know. Like you're right. It just seems very. And I even did. I don't love doing it all the time because it just it can be it can be toxic, but to look at a lot of gossip message boards about people to find like stuff. Cause usually you find mm-hmm. like rumors that those, are just like not fun to talk about. But I was people like, people are also very good at finding. They're the stuff. Carrie Mathesons. Yeah. But I was like, I got to go to all these, you know, your go to gossip blogs, gossip message boards, and Reddits to see if like the actual sleuths who are good at sleuthing found stuff about this guy. And I couldn't find anything there either. People, what mostly what you will find is just people being mean about the relationship and saying that they're going to get divorced in four months. You know, like that's it. But he's yeah. a mystery. He's a mystery. He's a mystery. That's pretty good. I didn't know that they lived in Montecito. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, in the I didn't realize that until I read the TMZ report. I thought it was like, oh, they got married at like Oprah's or Gail's mm-hmm. or like Megan and Harry. You know, one of the many Montecito people, Ellen's. Mm-mm. But they have their own house in Montecito too. Quote, both Ari and Dalton love Montecito. They spend a lot of time here. It seems mm-hmm. only natural that they would get married at Ari's beautiful and historic house. Mm-hmm. I love that they they note it's Ari's house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even you'll find contradicting sources where they say they have mutual friends, they got together via mutual friends, and then someone says that they met via this real estate agent. So, like, we don't really know anything. But there was gossip today about their prenup, which is actually interesting. Mm-hmm. So, how do, where is this? This is from... Uh, the, the Naughty, Naughty But Nice, but nice podcast. podcast. What's his name? Rob Schuster. He's been around for a while. Rob Shooter. Rob Shooter. Sorry. Rob Shooter's Naughty But Nice podcast. That's where this came from. And it says, Ariana Grande surprised the world with news of her wedding. However, behind the scenes, there was no surprise as lawyers has been work- have been working on an ironclad prenup for months. While the wedding seemed very last minute in her backyard with just close friends and family, legally nothing was left to last minute. <laughs> Ariana's lawyers were very involved in insisting that groom Dalton Gomez sign an ironclad prenuptial agreement. Insiders add that once the legal stuff was dealt with, the couple enjoyed a romantic day surrounded by hundreds of white florals and less than 20 close friends and family. Ariana's brother Frankie and her mom are very protective over her. They both love and trust Dalton, but even so, they would be stupid not to want her to get a prenup. Let's be honest, when somebody's working over 150 million you have every right to be suspicious but dalton has one over all right yeah. well good fine good. great I'm glad she got a prenup I'm thrilled thank god but of course she did and i think that i did. mean there there are multiple ways to read this where it's like this guy's so mysterious this guy there's nothing about this guy but there's also like maybe this is exactly the type of guy she's looking for is after pete davidson you know someone who was so famous the relationship that was so covered that it inspired right. not one but two albums like <laughs> Two hit albums. Yeah. He defined two eras of her career, and she probably wants a little less attention. But she did meet Dalton in COVID. Made co- mm-hmm. Like, it really has been a very short Right at the beginning of COVID, yeah. So I, I also think it's very... See, for somebody who's young, it seems very fast to get married. Mm-hmm. In terms of not... You know, getting married young is one thing, but, uh, but in terms of not knowing somebody that long and you're famous. I mean, this happened to, remember, Demi Lovato, not so successfully. Demi Lovato and Ariana Grande are very different people, but I'm just saying to look towards their experience, it's like, okay, that, that clearly was this, the, the, that was a result of this kind of COVID being trapped together, this, right. this kind of intensified hanging out of it all, you know? So, mm-hmm. I do think that I'm glad they have a prenup. I'm glad yeah, they have a prenup. <laughs> but also, like, it does seem like it seems like he's stopped selling real estate because, as like we've all seen the headlines, like it real estate's popping off. Everyone's buying houses. Houses are going like crazy. But if you if you go to his company profile at his real estate agency, Aaron Kirkman Group or Kerman Group, 
there's like a tab for all the real estate agents and you can click to see their active listings and recently sold listings. And I clicked his active listings, there are none. Then I clicked his sold listings and there are a lot there. But then when you click the most recent sold one and then you find the address and then I found that address on Zillow, I found that that house sold in October, 2019. So he hasn't sold a house since October, 2019 which is about five months before. He has sold the house with that real estate agency. So maybe he did, he's elsewhere or he's doing it solo or maybe, whatever. But maybe, you're right. Maybe. I mean, probably has not sold a house since he met Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Does not need to sell houses anymore mm-hmm. if he doesn't want to. Let's just end this segment by reading the vulture headline heard around the world by Zoe Haylock. Ariana Grande says, yeah, for life, Mary's quarantine boo, Dalton Gomez. Yeah, for life. Yeah, for life. It's great. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. Long time, long time. I'm calling because we read yesterday that there's going to be on NBC an American version of the Eurovision Song Contest. So that's especially hooey, but I'm wondering if it's because of the somewhat Vemi Will Ferrell movie that this is coming to pass. Um, so I would love your thoughts on it. And uh, again, just because it's on NBC, I don't think that's going to make it a them TV show. Um, and just, I would love if then, after you discuss it, if some of your international hooligans would call in and let us know what they think. I feel it's going to be a barrage of anti-Americanism, but it's probably rightfully so. Okay, uh, good for Bella Thorne, Bong Jovi, love you, bye. <laughs> Bon Jovi is not a sign. Bon Jovi. I like it, though. I like it, though. So this is finally happening. We're so thrilled. I I mean, we've been saying this needs to happen forever. Like, America's a a hateful country, and it's a competitive country. Those are the two things you need for Eurovision. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? But, like, Like, as I'm watching this year's Eurovision, which is airing on Peacock, by the way, Peacock, no... Uh, like without pay... You don't have to pay. Free Peacock. Incredible. Just download Peacock, and you can watch the semifinals, which were... Uh, you can rewatch the semifinals from this week, which would have been aired today, which is Thursday. Now it's Friday. It's Friday for you. So yesterday this is not and Peacock Monday. Spawn, by the way, I and like Monday. Well, it might as well be. And then the finals are live on Saturday, starting at three p.m. So you can yes. literally just watch, tune in on yes. Peacock, which is huge for us. I would argue that that is huger for me than this inf- than the Eurovision for the U.S., mm-hmm. which I'm excited about. But don't get me wrong, I still feel very like you can't. You can't compete with Eurovision. You can't, it's not going to be the same. Like, like the half a century of tradition, yeah. It's just like the aesthetic of Eurovision is so specific to it that, you know, even though I will say the the, the reveal of who's producing this was very promising because it's not just it's the um, Ben Silverman propagate, but alongside the, the producers from- who produce Eurovision. Mm-hmm. So it's... I'm going to pronounce some names wrong, but Anders Lenhoff, Peter Setman, and Krister Bjorkman, and Ola Melzig. So those are the those are the producers who've made 20 Eurovision contests, basically. <laughs> and they <laughs> bought the American rights themselves and then partnered with NBC slash Propagate or whatever. Prop- I think because Ben Silverman works with mostly with NBC, right? Yeah, I think so. So yeah. they partnered with them to bring Eurovision to the United States. So there is going to be this like Eurocentric viewpoint from the producer's standpoint who have made this thing. But I almost feel like there is something that cannot be captured by us. Although, you know, obviously I'm here to see them try. I'm here. I agree with you, but I also think I'm just going to add I think this is going to be the biggest show of the year. (laughs) I think this is going to be absolutely huge. I think we, because I remember when The Voice premiered, what, 10 years ago, and I was like, we don't need another one. No one's going to care. And of course, The Voice became a phenomenon and sort of unseated American Idol as like the competition singing show we all loved. Like, we love these competition shows. And this adds the most captivating, thrilling, contemptuous dynamic like it's so much fun i wonder how they're gonna do the local because eurovision is made up of all these kind of countries doing local competitions like that each and each country has its own version of a local competition the specificity of this is going to be what makes it so much fun yeah it's true the kind of songwriting to quote-unquote represent the state is going to be interesting because it's going to be i think some people are going to go super regional and some people are going to go super like kind of generalized pop broad i'll just do i'll just do edm but it's like 
every sort of genre of music where you talk about like regional differences where you talk about like southern rap as opposed to like new york rap or like seattle grunge or like tejano music or but like specific country you know like all of these things are going to come into play it's going to be so cool and then you have like i hope so i think it's going to be really really fun because you know America or the U, you know, the U.S. is like where a lot of kind of popular music comes from now, like where a lot of our the pop stars are from. And like it's U.S. has a very big effect on like the international scene of music, right? Like that's mm-hmm. just how it is. So but you almost want Eurovision to kind of exist or sorry, America vision <laughs> to exist mm-hmm. in a place where there are is no popular music. Because the idea that Eurovision lives outside of popular music is what is so yeah. appealing of it. It doesn't, yeah. you know, Flo Rida appearing is the closest we get to any sort of reference to popular music. They're Eurovision songs. They're not pop songs. <laughs> yeah, the obsc- almost obscureness of of this local regional music. I want that for the Eurovision US too. I don't want to see Katy Perry. Not that I would. <laughs> If it's um oh my god who's her writer Bonnie Bonnie McKee American girl if we see Bonnie yeah. Key represent uh, California that'd be sick I want yeah. that type of like weird obscure like yes she's written huge pop songs but in a way she is representative of like the music business in its essence where she's this like hustling songwriter who tried to make it as a pop star and didn't make it you know like that is we want stuff like that people we don't know i don't want people i know you want like an old lady from arkansas you want like a (laughs) kid in nevada like you want you want all these different types of people and i think another thing that's kind of freeing about this format is that like so many of these shows are about finding big stars like the voice who's gonna be the next big star who's gonna be the next big american idol and we know that that's bullshit we know that most of the time they don't become immensely famous but like this takes away that pretense and it's like this is about the music this is about the stage that's true we're not gonna try to pretend song right we're not trying to pretend that the winner is gonna be crazy famous we're just saying it's state versus state and it makes it makes it more primal and like exciting like and the winner is gonna be delaware it's not gonna be the singer or it's gonna be and it's (laughs) gonna be the song and it's gonna be yeah i mean i think that's What's way more special because I think people have come dis- become disillusioned with the voice and maybe American Idol because they don't produce winners exactly. that really go on to anything where it feels like mm-hmm. what is the point of these shows, you know, but it also just shows that it's it's uh, we're what is it called? It's too full of stuff. It's we're mm-hmm. we're over we're what's the word we're we're oversaturated. Oh, my God. Thank you. We're oversaturated with this type of thing. And Mm -hmm. did you notice the voice is going to just two times a year or whatever Mm -hmm. seasonal? It's not going Mm -hmm. year round. Like even the voice knows or even like these, they know that it's like, it's not as special if it happens all the fucking time, you know? And and I think that if it's not huge, someone fucked up because (laughs) this is the thing that saves network television. (laughs) You know, like this is the thing that keeps NBC You're not saying that. Wow, Bobby is like... Well, this okay. is, I've been wanting this forever. Fucking hire I, us makes, as consultants. It propagate. makes so <laughs> much sense. The way, like the the dynamics of this country, as messy and problematic as they are, it creates the perfect environment for this sort of thing. <laughs> you know, for better or worse, it creates the perfect environment for this sort of show. So, f- Ben Silverman, hire us to consult on this project. We would <laughs> obviously kill it. And also, this is promo because Eurovision is on this weekend. You should watch it because it, there's no excuse not to. It's literally free on Peacock and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it, but we're okay. going to talk about it on the Patreons. Patreon. So maybe go take, long. so maybe take that peacock money and just give it right to the source. So you can hear <laughs> us talk about Eurovision and how great it was. We'll be doing that for Friday's episode mm-hmm. of the Patreon as the lead up out. to It'll the come finale out like over the weekend. But yeah. Yeah. And then we'll probably talk about the finale next week because how could we not? But we're going to silo the Eurovision European edition on the Patreon. But with that, I think we're done with the show today, right? We're not going to talk about Bette Midler's daughter marrying the Guinness man. I mean, I think that's you literally just said it like that's a, that's everything. Someone called and was like, did Bette Midler's daughter marry into the Guinness family? The answer is yes. Yeah. She's she she's part of noble already. Her de- her father's a Hasselberg German noble. So she and uh, she found herself a Guinness. She found herself a Guinness. My goodness, my Guinness. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Who's there? Our weekly call-in show. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on Patreon.com slash Weekly for twice weekly bonus episodes. Thank you to Katie and Erica, who's providing the Rita theme song on Tuesdays. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Hey. Hey. 
that's what magicians say. You know, they say like ta-da or kablip. Hi, um, this is really embarrassing, but who is Leanne Rhymes? Like, I don't know, she just came up with my For You page, and, like, I just have no idea who she is. I'm guessing, is she an actress, like, from the 90s? Um, I don't know. She's also 8% Irish, which, you know, whatever. Alright, bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, so, why does everyone think Dear Evan Hansen is gay? I don't know if Ben Plant. Ben Platt is Evan Hansen or the other guy, um, but he is—he is gay, but his character is not. And it even like news outlets think it's gay. It's just—it's confusing. I, I want to know where this confusion came up. Um, also, is he a who or a them? Uh, thank you. Women don't belong in balloons. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Is H. H. Holmes, a who or a them? Good form, Bella Thorne. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. I just wanted to let you know that I'm currently grading uh, portfolios for my first year writing students in uh, college. And so they're putting together a portfolio and stuff for their final project. And one of my students decided to quote uh, Lily Reinhardt um, at the top of her portfolio as a meaningful message to guide her writing process. Um, does this elevate her to a them? What an influential figure. Okay, thanks. Forkin, Forkin. Happy Flame Friday! Crunch, crunch! <laughs>